stick around for a bonus episode, we can. Um, I know that was a that was a tough one for for some of you guys to stomach talking about players outside your team. I don't mind it. I I'm at the point now where I recognize talent when I see talent, and yeah, I, I hate talking about how talented Utah is, but man, look at Nick Erdis. Like, there's a reason he's gone up to Minot. He is such a talented player, and, and you want to see that advancement out of these players. And I'm, I'm thrilled when they're no longer playing against us, too. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, Morick, yeah. uh, Brett Morick from the Outliers, he uh, was up in North Iowa um, in the Null as well so he yeah. was another guy that moved up yeah look um, at Cal Cosma from utah last year he went up to aberdeen and now i think he's with the minnesota magicians uh what yeah. a, his goal play last year was just there's a reason that he got he got called up because he's just such a good goalie i mean i think the thing that that i love that this year especially is that man paul taylor those guys, he's an outstanding coach as an aside, but th- those guys run that system so well. It is unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. And for what it's worth, I just want to say on um, all of our on all of our all star teams, you know, the one guy that that didn't come up for anybody, myself included, that I'm like looking back and I'm like, wow, I really. Uh, can't believe that that no one took him. Dimitri Voyatsis. No, I'm not. I, I, he he made my list at one point. He's a super talented. Oh man, he's so good. I'm so glad we got him. Uh, Alonzo. Alonzo's another one. Mater. Yeah. Uh, when when Michelle was talking about like how how it hurt her to not pick so many bowls. Um, what I did when I when I picked the dream team is I literally went over. Um, each team's roster without looking at stats and just started listing off the names of players. And I'm like, take. yeah, like what Turcotte, um, when, like I said, he was on my list at one point, I literally listed off all the best players from each team and then just started like slicing away and slicing and dicing. And yeah, I have fun doing these, these rosters and these lists because I just went through and just re-gutted and gutted teams like, I, I went with a bunch of different like tactics at different points. I'm like, no, 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 I want to do this this time. And I modified the list even up to today. Um, also, I realized like yesterday I made a mistake and I like shifted too many players and I had players mislabeled. I'm like, damn it. Um, when you play through a list too much, that's what happens. But uh, but yeah, it's there, we have a lot of talent this year on Ogden. And uh, yeah, but when you look at the rest of the division and – yeah, it's. I think it's criminal we only get to send one team to the Nationals. I think it's absolutely criminal that only one team, because think about it. Uh, if it is Utah, which I'm hoping it won't be, and I'm hoping Ogden will uh, you know, play their best hockey still as, as the season goes on for me. Um, I know you guys hope Northern Colorado and Pueblo do the same. Um, but it's criminal, I think, that only one team comes out of this division. When you see some of these divisions where they have three or four pretty beat down teams and they get to send two teams off and it's like wow like look at our like last year all five teams me and you brendan were talking about it before michelle jumped on all five teams you didn't know who's going to win each night we were all so it it was a yeah i still hold by the fact that if last year in the playoffs that provo had qualified as the fourth seed they'd run the table they would have won the round robin and they would have gone to nationals yep 
Um, and, well, and it's funny too. So a bunch of the broadcasters, you know, we have a group chat and we play fantasy hockey together, and and we were actually talking about that, like, hey, how do the 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 bids get broken up? And I guess every, you know, the the commissioner or the owners and stuff, they all meet about it. And I, I think what's interesting for the Mountain Division, if you look at it as a whole, is, I mean. Last so last year I I can't remember the number because I tracked it last year I think the Mountain Division outside like including showcases postseason the whole kit and caboodle mm-hmm. um, went something stupid like twenty nine and eight against non Mountain Division competition last year they're still above five hundred this year as a division against outside competition yeah. um, but you know that's the thing that I look at is you know our division and talking with some of the guys back east it's a lot more it's a lot more physical and our bodies are bigger out here than Mm -hmm. than back east i mean it's just it's going to be really interesting to see how this all develops because i i feel like the league is still i feel like we got wrapped into the league to eliminate competition but i don't know how much we factor in necessarily to being a part of the league if that makes sense no, I, I feel that, and I'm, I'm. What are they doing with the Pacific this year? Because the Pacific has one more team than us. Do they only get one bid as well? Yep, they get one. I just, I don't think that's right because even then, the Pacific Division this year, uh, look at Lake Tahoe coming out of nowhere. Um, you know, brand new team, and they, they were pretty damn good. Um, I just think that only two teams coming out from the entire. Like you hit the Rockies, only two teams are coming out to the the national championships, and I just don't think that's right. Uh, you have some teams that just you watch it, you can see the standings. Like yeah, Provo's struggling this season, but like you said, Provo had they been able to make the playoffs last year because they just missed out, they were handing each the second half of the season they were just destroying uh, Ogden, Provo, Utah, oh, and Northern Colorado. Nobody they, could beat them. They kicked everybody's ass. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was going to those games live because I was still living in Utah. And I'm like, at the beginning of the season, I'm like, yeah, Provo. At the end of the season, I'm like, oh, God, Provo. <laughs> you know? I was like, I, no. I think yeah. one of the things that would be really nice that I I would love to see is you have the number – a third bid for Nationals come this way. And that basically the championship loser of the Mountain and the Pacific play a one-off. I like that. And then the winner goes. Because, I like that because I I think that if you look at our divisions are much smaller, and so I don't know how you could reasonably justify like four bids for no yeah twelve I agree. teams out here, yeah and so I I think that having a third a third bid for the twelve teams is is you know well what we're at eleven right now yeah yeah and it's going to be twelve next year because Bakersfield's getting a team so I I, I think adding a third bid. A, a playing bid out here would be nice. Yeah, but, I agree. You know, because I mean, Utah and Fresno both won a game at Nationals last yeah. year. It's not like they went out there and embarrassed themselves. Right. Yeah, and we're talking about a Utah team again. I, I I brought it up before. And Michelle, I know that right now, um, if you're talking, because a lot of times when you start talking on on the recordings, you're we hear you start to come in, and you've already kind of said like probably four or five seconds different of words when your voice finally picks up on the recording. Um, so we're not talking over you if you're on still. Um, are you still here with us, Michelle? 
Yeah, I am still here. Sorry, yeah. I turned off my camera because I know my internet. Do you want internet us to turn off our cameras? Did that help your internet? It helped. Would you? No, these are fine to be honest. And okay. no, I was just yeah, <laughs> I was listening to be honest. I wasn't gonna add anything because like I agree with what you guys say. Like Provo was killing it towards the yeah. end there, and we're pretty unbeatable. But yeah, uh, I didn't expect Utah to be honest. Like I knew that they were. were I think they were at the top last year too, if I'm not mistaken. But um, no, Noko was. I didn't expect them to be the powerhouse this year. Oh, Noko was okay. Yeah, yeah I Noko knew yeah. it was the between those leading, two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were the number all... one seed. Yeah, okay, I remember because it was the Bulls, and then they went on an eight-game losing streak, and then they dropped a third, and so that yeah. was like horrible. But um, uh, yeah, like you guys were saying though, uh. Provo, they really would have been a dominant team, I feel. But like, like I was saying is I didn't expect Utah to be like ranked third in the USPHL as a whole. Or like I think they're third or second right now. So Yeah, it's like a it's like a four way tie right now. It's them, Metro, Aviators, and um No, no, it's a three way tie. It's them, Metro, and Aviators, because Aviators beat um they beat Wilkes-Barre's friend in overtime last night. Um, no, I, I, I just, I think the thing with, with this division generally and, and hockey out here is the other thing too, you know, you think about like all, all five of the teams in our division. I mean, they play in, in buildings in yeah. like with, with really strong support. And that's the other thing you go back East and some of the teams that play in small ranks and, and, you know, they don't necessarily have that capability. It, it's really quite interesting because I, I think that you look at a lot of the structures and buildings and stuff that's in place out here. And it feels a lot more similar to Tier 2 hockey, just in yeah. terms of the feel around it versus, you know, going back east where there's that definite, for some organizations, there's a definite Tier 3 feel to it. I mean, you look at... Pueblo and Ogden, you guys have the best attendance in the division, right? And yeah. it's not even close. And and it's not like, oh, they draw 100 fans a game. Like, we're talking, you know, anywhere from six to 850 people, right? Yeah. You know, Utah's outlier- got to be drawn close to that, too. Because yeah. uh, this season, I've really noticed a crowd building in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Utah yeah. averages 400, you know, yeah. of the teams, like, quite honestly, our attendance is, if, besides Provo, is probably the weakest. But everyone plays in a building that can support a crowd of anywhere mm-hmm. from 850 to 2000 people. Yeah. And it's just, it's really fascinating to see, you know, when our guys go back East to see that divide. Yeah. It's, and that's the things like I've noticed, of course, you had that crazy person running around with the camera in Pueblo. Yeah, I don't know who that person is, but I, I like their shots. I think I think they get great angles. They get the crowd fired up, and uh, yeah, I I think they do a great job out there. And uh, no, I love doing yeah. that job now because well, I I don't like that my back is to the plate, but I love being yeah. like I got to go at center ice last night to take some pictures, so that was pretty awesome. And then uh, I'm just closer to like the players and stuff like that, so it gives me a little, a little more insight of like what is said on the bench and stuff like that. So that, that part of it, I enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Pueblo's crowds are awesome watching, watching the way they do stuff. The one thing I do like about Pueblo's um, 
like interactiveness as they sit there and they talk with the crowd during the game. You get to see the crowd interactions. What I don't like personally is I don't like the graphics that come up because a lot of times I'm watching TV in the dark because I'm it's like early and when they do the graphics cutouts and it's like power play or whatever thing it's like it's my whole living room's like flat and I'm like just show me what's happening on the ice because I think even last weekend you guys had the graphic up too long where you guys yeah. scored and we missed a goal and I'm like no <laughs> let me see the goal that's, so that's yeah yeah that's one thing I, I really that and the the pan away camera drives me nuts but like heavily but it's the, the graphics thing. They could cut that out. I like the interactiveness with the crowd. I like how they go down there. I think Utah does the same thing where they go down and talk to the the the, the coach in intermission. I love that. Yeah, I know. Like quite yeah. candidly, and this it's a it's partly personnel and partly equipment. <laughs> um, but I know, like for us, it you know we're a little behind the eight ball more than I'd like to be um, with some of those bells and whistles within the broadcast. But I mean, even that though, right? Yeah. You think about like how i mean quite honestly like objectively our organization is the only one that doesn't use any switchers or extra cameras or graphics i mean that is just commonplace in our division yeah obviously without you know with us as the exception and and i think about like that's four out of five teams. How many teams back east do that? A handful, maybe. That's why I love watching the Mountain Division too. When I watch the other uh, divisions within the USPHL, because I like catching the other games. I like seeing what Florida's doing. I love. I still. I cover Rum River, so I like watching Rum River, uh, Minnesota. And we they like Ogden's coverage. Of course, Ogden's rink was built for the Olympics, so they kind of got it set up for that. So we've got a great. A great setup in Ogden. Plus, a lot of the crowd in Ogden, you can't like you can't see because they've got that upper level deck where a lot of people love sitting in that upper level deck because uh, a lot of people with the kids like sitting up there. Um, and they like the lot, elevation. They like the elevation. You can see a lot more of the game up there. I'm the guy who likes to be like like Michelle right there. I like being right down on the ice level. I'd sit in a rowdy row. But um, a lot of the fans at Ogden's games, they don't like sitting. I hate sitting behind the netting. I hate that spot. Um but a lot of them sit to where the camera is because it's the best angle of the arena. And yeah, it's uh, the, the crowds that Ogden and, and Pueblo and what Utah has been drawn lately. And I, you can see the crowd starting to form with Noco. I think one problem that I, I really don't understand the mountain division on this. I don't, you play a bulk of the season during the national football league season. If they would start the games, I've even thought about this. I'm not going to propose it to him because it works out for me here because they're earlier. But if they started the game even an hour later, you'd least allow the East Coast football games to wrap up. And that's the bulk of the games that happen on a Sunday. So unless, again, I know it's Denver Broncos territory, now Las Vegas Raiders. Unless they just happen to be playing the late time, you'd get the fans to be like, oh, the first session of the football games are over before the 2 o'clock games start. Mountain, mountain standard time people would come out to the 230 games but 130 eh, i don't want to miss the end of the football game but i'm not going to pay for a full game when they've already played a period i just think shifting the time I don't, is there a reason for that I'm, I'm not sure i know for us we play at noon for it, it's an ice it's an ice issue ice time? okay uh and as an aside is, way, the, is the game really at 7 p.m on sunday night michelle i like triple took when i saw that on the schedule is that is that legit No, that is not as usual. 
I don't. I didn't even see that to be honest. I just know that that's usually what we go is just seven, seven, and two. Yeah, well, on the on the league website, it lists Sunday's game at seven p.m. Because that's not right, and yeah, it's at two p.m. as usual. That's last night's crowd was the biggest I think we have ever had, and it was a bunch of college kids because. That at the college I go to, they, they were giving out free tickets. So you can imagine, like, we had the baseball team oh, there, and beer it, cells were incredible. So yes, it was, yeah, it was, it was last loud. Night. It's yeah. a smart. Yeah, it was awesome. It's not the worst idea. I get it where you don't want to hand tickets away for free because um, that doesn't help ownership, uh, you know, pay for their expenditures. But when – you reach a certain point, the ticket should just be dropped out because I know that like when I was in St. Louis, when I lived there, um, because my government stats, I got to be able to go to like Cardinals games for free. So I'd just be able to walk into St. Louis Cardinals games and go for free. I wouldn't have gone to those games and become a fan of that team without those free tickets. I'm now a diehard Cardinals fan. I got the jersey. Every single time I went to a game, I'd buy the beers, the lemonades, the hot dogs. So that was just money that they were getting just because – you know, yep. obviously with 80,000 people arena, they're only going to get like 13, 15, 20,000 people. Why not get some extra money off of some free seats? Yep. And that's I yeah. I have to say that's one of the that, things that, was... that Pueblo has done really well. And, and I think for like from a from a marketing standpoint, that's just a slam dunk. I mean, the thing is, you get people in, they have a good time. They're going to come back. Yep. And if they don't spend money on tickets. You've increased the like or they spend little to no money on tickets. You've increased the likelihood that they're going to buy gear or they're yep. going to buy concessions or they're going to have a good experience. And ticket price is buy a barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Ticket for me, ticket pricing is a barrier. It's never going to be a reason that people will come to your product. It's only a barrier to entry. Yep. Why are people going to come? Yeah. Because it's fun or because they've locked in money on a bunch of swag and merchandise and they want to wear it and show it off, you know, that, so I know for us, like we're kind of, we're dipping our toes in that water next weekend. We're going to have a a day or two to see if we can just kind of do the rock the boat thing and, and get people into the ice house. Um, Cause that building, I mean, the college team up here draws because they have the students, they draw anywhere from six to 800 people um, for their games and it gets loud in that in the ice house so but no i i think that's something pueblo's done exceptionally well yeah, basically I'm said, planning on... what's that michelle oh sorry uh i know why it's coming in late so like it seems yeah. like i'm cutting you guys off i swear on my <laughs> end okay, it's when no, you guys stop talking but um yeah so sorry if i'm cutting you off but um yeah i'm planning on going up to the greeley ice house when they play uh, the 18th, 19th, and 20th. So hopefully that all works out because I'm really excited to do that. But uh, yeah, last night, that's exactly it. Like not everyone there was a college student. So we still got ticket sales. Ticket sales were still really good. But like, I honestly think there could maybe even be like 900 because the seats say, see, the seats seat 800 people. And then, but we have the beer garden and we also have the VIP section so honestly i think we could like see 900 to a thousand people every uh whenever we sell out a i like y'all's VIP but, like section. you guys were saying we were selling I- yeah we were selling out though and like the beer sales the merchandise that was where like there was a lot of money pouring in from there so uh yeah that was really nice to see 
And I think that's what the teams could do. I don't know if I don't think Ogden does. Uh, they do the military discounts because they got Hill Air Force Base right there. But I think they got Weber State and Utah State not that far away. Uh, if they could even just dish out 150 tickets at Weber State, 150 tickets at Utah State, because we can sit, I think, 2,200. At, yeah, at our, that number sounds right. And you're not going to get those students there a lot of times anyway. So why not, you know, make some money off of the beer and gr- and draw some fans like you made the I think both of you made both of you made that point. I think you make fans out of people that otherwise wouldn't have come because of what do they got to lose? Right. It's a free ticket. If they don't have a good time, they leave. If they have a good time and it's an amazing they experience, back. they come back and now they're paying customers. And even if they get that ticket for free, the bulk of them will spend money on some level of concession because they're there for a few hours. A three hundred, three dollar, three. I was about to say three hundred dollar hot dog. Um, no, that's only. That Copenhagen. better be one hell of a hot dog. <laughs> they love, they love their hot dogs here, but, but they're must be like priced. solid gold, platinum, something. <laughs> one of the precious metals. Yeah, so, yeah otherwise you're not paying three hundred fifty dollars for a hot dog. But like the hot dogs at, at the Ogden Mustangs games are only three fifty, and they are nice thick hot dogs. And they, you know, they have the local brewed beers that they make, like the Mustang Ale and everything. They got a couple of breweries there, like Roosters and Utah. Um, I don't know what they have there this year. But uh, even then, they did the dollar hot dog um, night. And I will say I wasn't thrilled with the dollar hot dog night because I was expecting my big thick hot dogs and they were the little skinny ones. And I'm like, oh, I'm still going to get three of them for three bucks. <laughs> Cost cutting measures, my man. Cost cutting measures. No, I maximize that bottom line. (laughs) Well, the thing is, teams were struggling last year in every level. And the junior teams really were hit hard um, with COVID and just trying to recoup. Like uh, I was talking to Jared Becker, me and you, Brendan, were talking about him earlier uh, because we had him as a guest about a week or two ago uh, out of the Austin Bruins. And he's like, yeah, it's these junior like they were doing pretty good with their fan base and everything. And COVID just, you know, kicked them. And yep. every team felt it. And it's it's tough for the owners to, you know, be able to still rent the space out, have the everything that they need to do to keep these teams running and break even. I mean, losing money sucks. Breaking even is OK, great. But they're all in this to make at least a little bit of money. But if you're in junior hockey, you're not looking to make a ton of money. It's more about, the I think, the passion of the sport and owning that team. Um, but breaking even, I, I imagine, is at least the minimum requirement to you know, being uh, I, I'd imagine maybe the owners would disagree with me here. We'll bring an owner on at some point. But uh, like Matt Couvret, we've had him on um, out of Empire Packers out of the uh, EOJHL. Um, you know, making money is part of the deal like that. He's you know, he's an ex hockey player. He got a chance to you know own a team. He now owns a team. Um, you know, he's got a, his full time company, but he still owns a team and he's passionate about his team. Uh but no owner needs to bleed money or they're going to sell that team. They need it to at least break even, especially during COVID times. You're just hoping to hold on long enough to bring the fans back in. And, I mean, that's where for us, I, I think that's been the the absolute biggest struggle for us is, you know, I, we were the only team in the division that, again, facility-wise, we, we were closed door the, the whole, whole season. Year. Like we were not allowed to have fans. The that hurt my feels. That hurt my feels during the playoffs because you guys had the best record. Yeah. Nobody was in the like, stands, and it's just like was I was the watching building. the game, going, "Why?" Like, like, <laughs> like yeah, that's you wanted to. Well, well yeah. and, you know, you think about like the the two things for us that have been so just shit luck. 
Well, before we left the Western States in 1920, who was supposed to host the Thorn Cup? We were. We had sponsorships. We had tickets sold. We were ready to go, and then they canceled it. Well, then we left the Western States, and everybody moved over to the USP, and and it was, okay, we're not going to have any fans. This will be temporary. And then it was, hey, we're not going to have any fans. End of discussion for the whole year. And, you know, I think that's really been something that we've really struggled with this year is, you know, our high watermark this year for a crowd, I think, has been around 200, 250. And wow. we, just haven't, we just haven't been able to cross that threshold because essentially we've had, you know, we had a whole season where, you know, the only access that people had to us was a pay-per-view prescription or subscription. Yeah. And hockey TV ain't cheap. No, it's not. No, and then that's – I paid for it all year last year um, to catch all the games I, I wanted to. And then um, hockey TV, if you're listening to this bonus episode, by all means, I'm looking for sponsorship. Even if I could get hockey TV for free, that would be a that'd be a big win. But, uh, like, I take their deal. When their deal popped up on Independence Day, I was in Canada, but I'm like – Click, 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 because I'm like, the amount of money I save on their annual deals are huge. And I watched the hell out of hockey TV. My wife has literally said, you actually have a problem, because whenever she walks out into the living room, it's always hockey TV. She's like, who are you watching? I'm like, uh, I think it's, let me look here. Yeah, it's the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Who's playing? I'm like, I don't know. It's a good game so far, though. The team of green is like killing <laughs> that's what i do i do that sometimes i'll just pop a game on and my wife will be like is this you know is this game like important i was like no i'm just kind of checking it out seeing how other people and other teams do stuff yeah i'll do that and i'll be like looking i'm like uh, jerseys like we always do the jersey rankings right and uh we're doing the like i look and i'm like ooh, milton menace are playing i'll watch them i want to see what the jersey's like live right so i'll pop on you know the the junior hockey the i think they're the nojhl because the nohl and the nojhl um yeah northern colorado finished really high on our list um Pueblo was left off michelle i had Pueblo ranked 15th overall in this out of the 64 teams but um yeah wasn't feeling the love from uh from the the other co-hosting guest i i, I <laughs> I just what? want to say as a oh. as a broadcaster, PBR night notwithstanding, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting rid of the gray jerseys with the name bar. Ogden? That was no, no, or Pueblo, Pueblo their first year. That was a tough oh. read. Um, from a broadcasting standpoint, I like. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't even with the organization. Oh, they were they were a rough read. Yeah, I wasn't even was, with the organization at that time. It was tough in the booth. I I like Ogden's new jerseys. I like that they went back to the red. It feels. Like oh, I love it. I did not like last season's jerseys. I, I I felt the hate last year, especially being there when I didn't even rank them. I'm like, look, guys, I'm being unbiased here. Uh, and I think last year I had Pueblo ranked the best in the division. Um, but this year, like Noko, like that little add of gold, right? Just the the jersey just went from okay, it and it just yeah. And Noko and Ogden were ranked pretty close um, on my list last year because I think they both ranked in the 20s, but we did a top 20 or whatever it was, so they just both missed out, where Pueblo was way up there. Uh, this year, Pueblo really didn't fall, but a bunch of teams jumped ahead of it, um, like Noko and Ogden. Ogden's jerseys this year are just stunning, and Noko, of course, we have the same jersey. Um, yeah. Because right. the don't they own maybe. Noko Eagles? No. They, okay. uh, so actually, that, yeah. So okay. it's a sponsorship. Actually, it's a company, one of our, our previous captain, Will Campbell. It's him and a few 
um, of his uh, associates. That's who runs X jerseys. Those are gorgeous uh, jerseys. Like, oh, I'm so excited I, to get my uh, Jack Jones jersey when the season's over. I, I don't know how yet, but I'm going to get it. I keep waiting for, for the Stangs to do, like, that same candy cane striping with a blue, with that dark blue jersey with the white and red trim. I think that'd look real nice. I, I keep like, wondering. I like I the white and red. I'm wondering if they'll debut that. Yeah, the white and red looks good. All right, but, uh, I got to yeah, hop off here. Sorry, right. guys. Yeah, it's probably best for all of us to jump off. Yeah. I, I got to eat dinner because uh, it's been yeah. so cold. And I don't know where my phone is. I'm sure you guys saw me, like, looking around, like, half the time. Like, did I leave my phone in the in the actual main part of the house? But, but um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, Brendan, uh, we definitely thank you for jumping on with us today. Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, I think that was fun. And yeah. you all ever have ideas on Mount? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said thank you, and uh, yeah, nice meeting you. And sorry, I just want to go back to what we were talking about before we hop off. Is um that goal that was scored? I think it was by Justin Lego Juice. Um, like I got uh yelled at for that one because I, and it wasn't even me for that because it wasn't the crowd camera that missed it. It was the graphics that you guys were talking about. Yeah. But they were yeah. like, I don't like the crowd shots because we missed the goal, and I was like, that wasn't me who did that, and they that were like, the oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was yelling at the graphics. I watch all the I watch all the Mountain Division games. I watch all of Austin and Northeast Generals and Rum Rivers games and Arm Prior and Carlton Place. I watch all the games like through and through, um, which is how I developed out the highlight stuff. But no, it's yeah, the graphics. It was totally they tried to pin it on you. It was totally the graphics. Oh, 100 percent. Um but yeah, you guys ever come up with like cool Mountain Division ideas funny. like this one? I figure like next year I'm trying to think of a way to come up with like. If you guys want to think on it, like if you guys have watched like what the Ice Garden does with the PHF, I would like to do something similar to that in the Mountain Division. Maybe add because the Pacific's kind of the Forgotten Child too, but I don't know enough about the Pacific to yet go there. But like to create a like mini, we could do like a mini draft episode where we all have to draft. But yet, like if I pick up like ben, Saint Ange won't be eligible next year, but say I pick up Saint Ange because we drafted numbers and I got first pick. Well, now Michelle's whole game is out the gears. You can't draft the same player I drafted, and then we follow those points throughout the season. So. I don't know if you guys want to do something like that next year. Or we create a fantasy thing for like the mountain division is a nutshell. I don't know. But if, if you guys want to think on it, I think that'd be a super fun one. We can draft players, especially the new kids that come on. And it's like, I'm taking a, I would have taken my, you know, stab at a couple of players I didn't know about last year. And I think uh, it would have paid off, but I think it could be super fun to do that next year. If you guys want to think on it. I'll think on it for sure. Cool. All right. Well, thanks Brandon for jumping yeah, on. Thanks good. Michelle. Hey, thank you. Um, and y'all have a good time at, well, Michelle, have a good time at the game. Yeah. Brendan, have a good time watching it. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, like I said, I'll enjoy it vicariously through Twitter and hockey TV. So, <laughs> right. feel better, man. Y'all Thanks. have a good one. You too.